you had to name your vagina after a movie, what would it be? <laughs> think, think hard. Or think so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Hey girl, you trying to hit this? Oh, you know exactly what I need. The new uh, Febreze <laughs> like dryer sheets to like make your dirty clothes good so you can wear them again. Yeah, is like just constantly putting setting powder over yesterday's makeup. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. that was what I did for the last <laughs> podcast. That's I, I like, literally wore the same makeup for three days. I was so hungover. Oh, a hundred percent. Or you're like, what's your hygiene routine? And you're you're just like dry shampoo and a prayer. <laughs> like, <laughs> you ever do a horse bath? Yeah, is that all the time? Tommy yeah. Bath? Is an Italian bath? It's Italian bath. The, the pits, the vag, it's, and the asshole. That's it. That's mm-hmm. a, that's what we call an Italian shower. My dad, uh, you know, from the age of eleven, told me it was called a horse bath. Yeah, that's what my mom. Well, <laughs> an Italian see, is called, not not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> my mom told me it was something racist. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Two Girls One Blood. <laughs> All right, guys. It's Tuesday, or whenever the fuck you're listening to this. I'm your co-host Jamie Lee, and I'm Emily. And today we have on the lovely Brittany Brave. She is a fucking hilarious Miami, New York City-based stand-up comedian. She's an actress. She's a producer. She created Cat Call, which is an activist center for women to have conversations, comedy shows talk about their experiences she does it all she likes words of affirmation too i can tell <laughs> i love words She's of like, affirmation keep it coming tell me how amazing yes. i am yes yes words of affirmation physical touch and cyberbullying are all of my oh, love languages i love that <laughs> i see you get heckled a lot at comedy shows i've been seeing your comebacks they're fucking hilarious thank you so much i had somebody recently be like i love watching you live because no two sets are ever the same and the crowd is always like they always like want to be in it with you yeah. and I'm like I guess that's a compliment because yeah. you want people to like be engaged no that's definitely a skill sometimes I'll listen Ugh. to the same comedian a couple of times in a row and I'm like this is the same exact thing there's nothing you're not switching anything up yeah yeah I mean for me no two sets are ever the same I, I like engaging with the crowd but like I was like yeah I guess you're right like every time I'm on stage people are always like me too. No way. I have a question. Well, Whatever. And I'm like, okay, here I we are. Think too, you, like, you definitely do comedy for the girls. Like obviously guys too, but like mm. it, it's relatable. So I think women kind of lack that when they go to see comedy shows, like yeah. there's the comedy that they do is for men usually. So to have like, to hear somebody who's like, making something that you've experienced very funny and relatable. Like they're like, yes, it's literally like a black church. Everyone's like, you you right. I got you fanning themselves. Clapping. Yes. I always say I'm like, I do comedy for women. And if men happen to enjoy it, then great. It's a Ted talk. Like, okay. And they do like it. Men at your show is always fucking cackle and laugh. They do. I've also had, I mean, I've had it on both ends. Like I've had men that have been like, I don't, I don't get it. I've never been through that. I don't, you know, I've had them look very like bland and confused. I've also had women, especially in Miami and more like conservative parts of Miami, look at me mm. and be like, I really don't like that. She's talking about her abortions right now. Or like, I don't like uh, that she's talking about getting pegged or like, I don't like, 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 like just like, and I'm like, well, it's cause you want to do it or have done it. And you're not uh, comfortable with yourself. Yeah. Who yeah. doesn't want an abortion? It? What happened? I said, who doesn't want an abortion? I mean, Viva abortion. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm pro abortion. Um, 
Yeah. Because if I got pregnant, like, I don't know how to take care of myself. Yeah. No. I'm like faking it. It looks like it. Oh, 100%. It's all a lie. I mean, look at society. Society is such a mess. There's so many people that don't know what they're doing, that are making bad choices, that are hurting people. And I think that so much of that is a result of them coming from people that weren't ready to be parents or weren't ready to like really usher human beings into the world. When I want to be a mom someday, like I super want to have kids. It's like a huge life goal of mine. You'd be a cool mom. Thank you. So would you guys. (laughs) Thanks. But I want to do it when like. The Hoenn is out of my system. And it's not out yet. It's, it's not, not out of my out. system. <laughs> so I gotta call get my shit together. Hit her up at, at Brittany Brave on Instagram. Oh, uh, yes, please. I'm ready. I still need to. I Only have if you so have much money, Hoenn. though, and a sense of humor. Oh, that's very that's true. What I'm saying I'm a Hoenn for nothing anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's like for my 20s. Uh, yeah. yeah. The 20s are for love, and the 30s are for business, <laughs> health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Assets. <laughs> yeah. A family that loves bitch. me. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. That's Are you really, single? What? You're single? Yeah. And you're She's single. been celibate for a long time. So was I for a very, very long time. How long have you been celibate? It was like a year and a half. Okay. So it's over now. I had sex. Once. Yeah, once. Catch me up. One, one forgettable time. Once a month ago. I think I have chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, AIDS. Like, I got it all from him. I was like, no, we've just been drinking for two weeks. Your, your coochie's fine. Drink some water. Pop a boric acid supplement yeah. Don't in there. you always locate? I feel like women. The UTI or he fucks up your pH. It's over. He's not you. He's not for you. No. Yeah. It's your body rejecting Your body him. is literally being like. Uh-uh. She's like, no, bitch. No, bitch. This isn't a fit. The chemistry's not right. Get him out. I'm, I swear to God. No, like, it's so true. I got BV and a UTI from my ex. I still didn't listen to my vagina. No. I had sex with him for months Emily after. Emily was digmatized. Pussy knows best. Pussy. Yeah. Brain does not know best. I have to <laughs> Toxic dick is the most dangerous dick. Tox- you'll go down for toxic dick. It'll ruin your life. You'll toxic- lose morals for toxic dick. Toxic yeah. pussy will put you through hell. Toxic pussy is great pussy though. It is really great. <laughs> and it's attached to a woman, so it's still going to be stable and loving and empathetic and caring. Exactly. It's yeah. like a warm hug. Unless it's my mother. Then it's a cold diaper squeeze. <laughs> it's a cold my gaping mother's, hole. My, my mother's, mother's pussy, pussy is real is a cold. cold. Hallway. <laughs> a cold haunted brothel. That's why I came out blue, you know? Lack of oxygen. That bitch was squeezing the shit out of me. That's it. Yeah. But toxic dick is a very, it's a real thing. And I know what I think like the bigger point is, is that I think it's like straight women. It's so hard to find truly fulfilling dick. Like good dick, like the kind of sex toxic dick gives you without the symptoms. A hundred percent. Like, could I drink without getting a hangover? Could mm-hmm. I this without doing that? Like, it's like, it's like trying to enjoy the moment without having the consequences. And I just think toxic dick is super addicting because it's very hard to find genuinely good dick. So when you do, you're like, I'll put up with the fact that he has mommy issues and he gaslights me. Cause like, <laughs> yes. he just puts it down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say the worst oh. is toxic dick that doesn't fuck up your ph because you're like am i in love yeah i'm like fuck i don't have any reason to leave besides the fact that you're a piece of shit but like i'm looking way past that honestly you are an a plus plus kind of guy when your dick's inside me like it all goes out the window Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. all that matters d minus when you're outside of my body the moment you leave the moment you leave i hate you but the moment i get a text message that says hey you up i'm like yeah, you're Put my a favorite baby. person. <laughs> I literally started seeing a guy recently, and one of the like uh, 
I, who knows where it's at right now. It's probably over knowing me. Um, and it was like, my friend, we're going like, to elaborate on the knowing me part. Cause I want to know you and what that means. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I After. know me and what that means, but we're going to find it out. <laughs> I love it. But I was like, he texts so well. And my friends were like, really? I was like, he communicates and he can spell. And he's like, and he's like, is the bar that low? And yes. I was like, Kind of, yeah. Yeah, like, this is Miami. There's no good dick around here. At all. If you spell W-U-T, though, I, I feel like you're putting it down. You might <laughs> not be able to read, but you will be able to make me come. If you text like someone who works at an Auntie Anne's at Dayland Mall, <laughs> or you still use AOL, AIM, as your email. Messages, <laughs> so are you fucking older men? I used to fuck older men. Oh, you're going for the younger now. I'm going from, I'm trying to go from no more younger. I'll never do younger. How young is younger? I am 32. I am not going lower than 32. That's what I'm saying. You could literally pass for like 22. I know. That's amazing. (laughs) Which is why the 52s are into me because I look barely 22. That's why they're like, they're like, you're still fertile. And you're like, I should freeze my eggs soon. Yeah. I'm like, you don't even know, dude. Like everyone thinks I'm like young and like. Insert like inexperienced or whatever it is, and then I open my mouth, and they're like, "Never mind, she's been through some shit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like though I went, I've been through some shit when I was in high school. Actually, that makes sense why like thirty-five-year-old men were still hitting on me. Yeah, man, <laughs> they're like, yeah. she's, I don't know, fifteen going on thirty. Well, you have that energy. Like I've always, ha- I've always had older men. Like I've had so many ex-boyfriends that are minimum seven, eight years older than me. My last ex boyfriend who was an abusive maniac, but he was like 17 years older than me. I was like early mid twenties. He was in his forties, a baby mama, a custody battle, one divorce in. And because I've always felt like old for my age, I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sign me up. I'm ready for for that. I'm ready for this. But the thing is, we're not, we were not ready. We thought we were so mature and we were not at all ruined me. Like, yeah. yeah. Like all of a sudden you're in that and you're like, never mind. I, and now you can't backpedal out of it. You're like too far in and you're like, Oh, I'm dealing with shit that I'm not even equipped to deal with right now. What were some red flags that you missed about that situation? Now looking back now that you have that like wisdom, of that experience and having more dating experiences after if any guy ever any person ever 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 talks about their ex in an extremely negative light they're crazy they're toxic they were i mean i'm talking extremely negative Mm -hmm. like if you're fresh out of a breakup sure maybe you're not at a point where you have the inner peace to say i loved them it didn't work out it's fine let them go whatever but i'm saying if like a guy or anybody you're with is bashing dogging they are the problem and it's really over the top they're the problem yep that's number one i miss that with one of my exes i miss that with a few yeah yeah and a lot of them actually (laughs) i mean she was emotional and crazy and keeping the baby from me and oh my god and this and that and i was 23 24 years old and i was like oh no no. that's literally what happened to me my baby mama's crazy like she's trying to take the kids we're in a custody battle i just want us to have a family you're gonna be the new mommy you like, should crazy. take over you should take care of her yeah you're I so nurturing you. and i'm like you. am i i'm good with kids what you love me every plant in my apartment is Stupid. dead and i can't even remember my birth control are you kidding me right now yeah like you don't even know he's me like, you're perfect i want you to mother all my children right he's i was like, like i'm about girl? to be manic in two weeks <laughs> <laughs> literally once i start ovulating it's over um do you have baby fever I have big time baby fever, but I know I, I know I can't 
have one right now. Yes. I'm barely holding my myself together. I'm a fucking stand-up comedian, radio personality. I'm doing this shit every night. Yep. Do you have any You pets? are a hustler. Thank you. Do I have any what? Pets? No, no pet. I don't even have pets for that reason because I'd feel guilty. I When I have something that I'm responsible for, I want to be there for it. And right now- And then I'll kill it. That's <laughs> why so we have I'll all these fake plants. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I have baby fever, but I'm somehow still rational enough to know, like, I can't do this right now. Yeah. For me. But every time I see babies or I'm like starting to like a guy, I'm like- yeah. But if like, you were yeah. Kylie Jenner rich and you could afford nannies, would you have a kid right now? No. Because career-wise, right? Career-wise, I want to be able to dedicate everything to my career and get to- You're on like I, the precipice of like, do you know what I'm saying? I think so. I hope. I've seen you grow so much in the past year. Well, I mean, I didn't know where you were at before, but I've just seen all like the accomplishments and the wins and the TV show and the radio and it's your name getting out there more articles like that's people notice that it's starting to like really happen. Take that on a fucking nationwide level. It happens exponentially. Mm -hmm. So imagine having a kid. You're putting a lot of that on hold. You can't go. I get it booked last minute in New York and take a flight. You have a fucking baby. Right. And I don't want to be riddled with. For me, both of those things are equally important jobs, like being awesome as being a comedian and entertainer and being an awesome mom. Those are two things I personally want to like super excel at. And I don't want to ever be put in a position where I have to pick between the two or I have to be like, I have to leave my kid because I got this undeniable gig in New York or vice versa. I can't take this amazing gig in New York or LA because like, I really want to be here for my baby's first birthday. Like, so as it stands right now, until I'm at a point where my, I'm like, okay, I've accomplished enough. That's on the fucking vision board Mm -hmm. and I'm content. But it's never enough. We're you're a comedian. You're addicted to dopamine. (laughs) It's never going to end. I will always do forever. (laughs) We're fucked forever. And that's why we're co- comedians because we've had toxic relationships. Like the push, the pull, the highs, the lows. all oh, the same shit. It's like, okay, I'm not going to fuck dudes and hook up with dudes. I'm just going to get on stage and try to like kill it. And then that gets just equally as unhealthy. Like mm-hmm. I've had times where I'm like, I am leaning on stand up way too much for my dopamine, way too much for my existence, way too much for my purpose. Like, cause I mean, I feel like I've been through enough bad relationships. I feel like you guys can relate. Like I romanticize the glow up after a relationship. It's the best. It's the best. I'm like, fuck you. I'll just focus on comedy. I'll just get hot and fit. And Mm. and, but it does. We're getting younger. We're aging backwards because of toxic men. So like, honestly, I'm kind of grateful. I'm like, thank you for propelling me into <laughs> being this incredible woman that I am. You know, thank you for propelling me into the fountain. Thank you for drowning me in the fountain of youth. <laughs> because I, because <laughs> being in that pit of hell of relationships, like I found self love. I did too. And I mean, it's kind of like when you go through hell and relationships like that, like now when I'm like normal dating again and I'm like kind of mostly healed and just out there and dealing with the normal bullshit, I'm like, Brittany, are you really getting upset about a guy not texting you? Like you sent a man to jail, like get over it. You sent him to jail? Oh God. Yeah. Oh, deets. Good for you. What happened? Yeah. Uh, he was super abusive for three years. It was, and we had the cops had to intervene multiple times in New York and New Jersey and like many States verbally or physically or both physically. Like to the point where like I would be in my apartment and literally be like, I, I need somebody here. Like I'm going to die tonight. Like so many times, like, and 
I was hospitalized. Like it was like a Jesus roller Christ. coaster. Yeah. And I didn't even mean to send him to jail. I just went to go get a restraining order. And when I went to go file for it and we were like collecting evidence, the detective was like, he should have been arrested for this. And why isn't this documented? And why isn't this? And then in getting all that together, he was like, let's yeah, put this like, away, man away. It's like kind of out of your hands now. Like he needs to go to jail for like assault and av- aggravated harassment and harassment. And did he end up going away for a while? He went away for, I think like two months. And then one of his dipshit friends bailed him out. Oh yeah. And then we went through all the trial and I got my restraining order. And then when we, he basically like did a plea bargain and was like, okay, I guess you're right. I'm guilty of some of it. And the judge was like, sure, just go take anger management classes. And here's a fee. We don't give a Jesus fuck about women in this country. Christ. At all, man. That's fun. At all. That's fun. I was like, he got what now? And my lawyer was like, oh, like a fee. And he has to do like anger management. But like, you know, they're not going to go too hard on him because it's like his first real, real, real time. Like, it's not the first time if there's multiple accounts of abuse. Also, he has, he had accounts, but they were in other states from years ago. He was a nomad for his life. So when you pull up a background check, you see in Seattle and LA and Austin that like there were domestic incident reports and like small, but if it's not in the same state, it doesn't add up and it doesn't, it's so fucked. Why can't you use that as history? That literally shows a pattern. I presented all of it, but the state of New York was like, unless it happens in the state of New York, it's not under our jurisdiction. So we only are concerned. And I was like, whoa. You know what I miss? You know what I miss? I miss like the Italian mob phase. Like yeah. some people should just get their legs broken. Mm. Like so you can't put trust in the justice system. You got to send Tony and Ronnie and Vinny to, and Vinny <laughs> to fucking beat the fuck out of somebody and scare them to never be that shit. Person I again. wish I wasn't a naive 20 something year old because I'm Italian and yeah. I'm a very Italian on both sides. And like every time a fight would go down or it would get back to the family that something happened and I wasn't okay. One of my uncles would be like, it's a matter of a fucking phone call. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, yeah. You yeah. Let him do Break it. his fucking kneecaps. Yes. He's a piece of shit. Oh, I'm on the fucking Hudson. Get rid of him. My Get mom used to threaten my boyfriends. Like she, every time I had a new boy over, she'd pull him. She'd be like, you. Like I, there was a guy named Curtis and we hate call, him already. She, she'd call him Kirby. She like would purposely call him Kirby. She'd be like, yo, Kirby. Get in here. And she sits him down. She doesn't say anything, just looks at him, opens a beer, opens a fridge, grabs a beer, cracks it open, drinks it. And she's like, you fucking my daughter. (laughs) And he's like, no, no. Like we haven't even kissed. She's like, good. Cause if you do and you fuck her over or whatever, like she's like, I'm going to get my friends to come down here and they're going to beat the fuck out of your parents in front of you. Yeah, they're going to break your dad and mom's and legs in Curtis front of like, you. And poor Curtis was like, I'm pissing myself. He I'm was like, myself. He was like 16. <laughs> he was like 16. And I used to be like, mom, you're embarrassing me. What are you doing No, now? mom had the right answer. Now, if I had a boyfriend, I'd be like, you're meeting my fucking mother. 100%. Because I want you scared. You're meeting every man in my life, like all my best friends, all my uncles, all my, yeah, I want you to know what the hell is up. Do you have yeah. a big family? I do. I have a pretty big Italian family. I'm an only child, but everybody, I have a lot of cousins, a lot of, yeah, they're big and crazy and loud and protective and all that. Yeah. I feel like I need to marry into an Italian family. Yeah, me too. I love the accent. I love the, uh, 
like, like back and forth. I feel careful like- with Italian men. What's oh. wrong with Italian men? I Machissimo. Not in a good way. It's like everyone in Miami, though. The Cubans, like everybody has machismo. Yeah. Cuban men can't fuck. I said it on record. I'm sorry. Oh, is that to anyone specific? No, it's a couple men. I have a laundry list of evidence. I'm so sorry. I have not personally. I have not enjoyed sex with Cuban men. Interesting. Have you? I've, I've never. I haven't fucked like anyone really here. Good for you. Yeah. I used to clean up in New York. I have no game down here in Miami because I, I hate everybody. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm like the Miami type. It's a little hard. People are like, you're really cool. Yeah. Or they're like, you want to bang? But like, no one wants to be like, let's go to dinner. No, at all. Like, well, at all. Or they're like, oh, you're funny. You're cute. Okay. Gringa. Ah, uh, whatever. And then I'm just, I don't know. Like nothing goes anywhere. Like, yeah. It just doesn't. Well, mm-hmm. Do you know who I meet a lot though? Every time I sit at the bar at Moxie's. Do you know Moxie's in, in Brickell? Brickle. I was just there last night. <laughs> yeah, I love Moxie's. It's the best place to eat. But I only have sat at the bar twice. And each time I've sat there, I've met somebody like from Israel, like an Israeli man. Okay. Like, and they start talking to me and then they're like, I'm looking for a wife. All the, they Give me this like big spiel. And they're like, and you're Jewish and all this stuff. Are you Jewish? Yeah. Nice. And, uh, and I'm like, oh shit. And then they don't talk to me again. <laughs> Jewish men are usually very good though. Are you Jewish? No. I think there's a difference between an American Jewish man dating style and an Israeli Jew. Mm-hmm. Sure. And some, uh, someone that's Jewish from another area. I think American Jewish men are very nice. And yes. And polite. sweet. And like have it's curly funny. hair and a little bit more nerdy. Funny. I love funny, yeah. Jewish men. I love But Jewish Israeli men. men, I picture them like they see American women either like, okay, I'm going to marry you into the family and we're going to go back to Israel. Or they're like, American I'm going to hold you w- captive. <laughs> or they're like, I, American girls are easy. Maybe. Yeah. And they're just looking for someone like submissive and agreeable or and like, but honestly, I, they're so hot. So I would, they are very Israeli Jewish men are very hot. American Jewish boys are very good. Jewish boys. Very good. Italian boys, I think are very dumb. Machi- they're like walking mozzarella sticks. Like they're just, I like that though. So <laughs> no, like Jamie, because I, I can be the smart one. Okay. And then, I, I and then they'll that. just like be obsessed with me because they're, they're like, what is it again? And I'm like, my little munchkin. <laughs> Let me explain to you. And then they'll just be obsessed with me. But then they'll, I feel like the fighting, the toxic sex, the banter, like, I feel like we'd yell back and forth and it'd be hot and then we'd fuck. And then it would all be fine. Yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. I picture that. I feel like just because of the accent, I would let a lot of things slide. Accents Italian change it accent for me. Or American Italian accent. Because Italian accent, beautiful. Way hotter. Oh, way American hotter. Italian, they sound like fucking Bostonians. Like, if you put stupid. anything in marinara, I'll suck it. Like, <laughs> I love that, though. I love <laughs> that. <laughs> Jamie, I'll introduce you to my uncles. I'll just. Oh, <laughs> they got some money? <laughs> no. They, <don't. laughs> they just have anger issues. <laughs> Are they blue collar men? Yeah. Oh, we God. love down to earth fellas. We love a blue collar man. I got some things I need hung up. We have to go to New York and find. Yeah. You want a task rabbit? <laughs> yeah. 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 Who Where else are men me? here for? To what? do shit for me. That it's yeah. like, it's a, you're living a fantasy. I'm living a real life porno. They come in, they fix my sink and then they fuck me. And then they and we unclog your, your plumbing. Yeah. yeah mm. We fight. It's toxic. I see them in a week. They fix something else. We fuck. It's back and forth. I could do that for a That's couple of years. I think I you're just looking that. for a fantasy. I think I'm just really horny. <laughs> I'm not okay. I've been watching a lot of the Sopranos and I'm very horny. <laughs> I just need to feel something. Something you know? about Tony does it for me. The name Tony, Tony does it for me. 
Tony Soprano? Mm. Oh. Does it? He's, he's filthy. He's a pig. I like it. I love it. <laughs> I love filthy pigs. And as you're riding him, it's just, it's hitting on his big old belly and he's disgusting. Oh. And he puts a you're cigar in your mouth. You're eating a salami sandwich while it's happening. <laughs> I would eat a salami sandwich. For Carmella to get home. Yes. Like, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It does it for me. Okay. If you had to choose any road in Miami to have sex on, what road would it be? Ooh. Great fucking question. Any road in Miami. She's like, I'm, any um, road. I'm taking note for later. <laughs> yeah. Where am I going to have sex later tonight, Brittany? <laughs> Why don't you want to fuck in the house? I got to fuck on the streets. The dirty little bitch I am. I'm looking for a thrill. <laughs> and I can't find it in these walls. Oh, no. no. She's going to find it in these walls, though. Anytime I'm like yeah. hanging out with a guy, Emily just leaves. She's like, I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to be involved. Yeah. yeah. I got to go. But I just yeah. I'm not a closer. What do you mean? Like, I, I, it gets down to about to be business. And then I'm like, no, really? <laughs> I'm waiting for me because I'm just, I, I have such a good heart and I'm like, you're going to hurt it. And I'm, I'm not going to be able to control okay, myself. Can we talk about this? Cause I feel like we're both the same. I think you might be the same. What I consider myself to be an incredibly sexual person. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. I am in the confines of a safe, good. Oh yeah. I like safe you. Safe is keyword. You safe is keyword. <laughs> You've shown me I can trust you. Bitch, I'm a fucking nympho. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm a I slut. I am filthy. Yes. We can have threesomes, foursomes. We can fucking record yes. it, put it in my ass, do whatever. Yes. Do an impo- mm-hmm. I, I, But I don't, as sexual of a person as I am, I don't have... I went... I, I'm seeing somebody now. We're obviously fucking. Before that, I went eight months without having sex. I did yeah. eight months before I had my last boyfriend. We got to talk about this. Like, I've only had sex uh, with two people in over two years. Like, two and a half years. Last year, I had sex with two people who were exes. You did the slide back. I did a slide back. See, I can't do that because... I don't know. Three people who were exes. <gasps> oh, man. And only Damn. one new person last year. Four people total. So you're trying not to up your body count? Oh, not I don't give even a fuck about I just like, I can't get into it unless I feel comfortable and there's a connection. There has anymore. to be an emotional connection. There yeah. has to be something and, there. And a lot of the men down here just don't got a lot of thing go- things going on. They don't have a lot going on in their head. No. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I, can't, I don't feel anything with you. And I just can't get myself to be horny. I'd rather risk doubling back on an ex that could provide me with a kind of chaotic, toxic, confusing three to four weeks after than ever then have to go through a night fucking faking it with some dipshit in Miami. Yes. And just being like, ah, yeah, let me just get drunk enough to where I can make this work. Because you fucking want them, their babies because you're emotionally connected. And sex is too fucking good when it's actually good. Yes. I'm not faking it anymore. No, 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 I can't. That's it. I'll tell you you're bad. Oh, the timer. <laughs> so will I. I will literally be like, I'm not going to come. And it's just, it's fine. Just let it be. Yes. <laughs> yep. I've had sex already on a lot of Kendall roads. So Kendall so far. I grew up there though. Yeah, that's true. Do you so, live in Miami now? Yeah, I live in Kendall. I'm moving to the beach next week. Oh, Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's going to be so much easier for comedy. For everything. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, I've had a lot of sex on a lot of Kendall roads. I would have sex on Lincoln Road because it's just so chaotic. Where's that? Where's chaotic. Lincoln Road? Right in the middle of Miami, Miami Beach. Beach. 
Like, I think I would have sex on the the Brickle Bridge that always goes up. Oh, oh. in front of everybody. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if you're gonna do, like you gotta do a big. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or I would have sex in like a like a Keepis Cane or something. Oh, I would do a Keepis Cane sex. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds like rich. That's rich ish, sex, rich right ish. There. It's richer than Kendall. You know I'll what? tell you that. I would do it right on the road next to the prison and just give them a show. I'll do it for the people. Did you see that all the community the service? Oh my god! All the buildings across from the prison are getting like cat calls. The women in the pools and like, did you see that article? Are no, like out. the women in the prison are getting cat calls. No, no, there are men in the prison and there are women in the pools. And like, over the prison, a luxury pool. Yeah, the, the right there, the prison. It's two buildings and the prison's in between and the pool's on floor 10. And so the people in the prison just see directly down to the pool and they're catcalling women. Like they're saying like vile shit to them. Like, take your top off. Like, let me see that labia. Yeah. That also sounds like us after a night out. It does. Like we. <laughs> it's different than when girls do it. Girls. Yeah. On a girl's night, we have a whole new set of rules. Sometimes I wonder if, like, I'm sexually harassing our guy friends because I'm like, take your fucking dick out, bitch. Yeah, I do the same thing. Okay. And they're like, oh, that's weird. And they're like, should I? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're they like finally, I've been waiting the for Sometimes I'm, like, too supportive to women, even when I'm sober. I'm, like, at the gym, and I'm like, you have such great tits. Like, you look great while you were working out. Yeah. Like, Can I touch them? Can I yeah. touch them? Are, Are they real? Like, and they're like, what? And I'm like, just want to let you know you're killing it. That's it. <laughs> I love you, Tony. Are you... Bisexual at all? I'm very bi-curious at, in, in the moment right now. Oh. I've only ever had sexual encounters with women in the context of threesomes. So what's the gayest thing you've done? <laughs> How I've pussy you? and fingered a woman. Okay. That's pretty I haven't gay. scissored and I really want to scissor so badly. That sounds like fun. I, I think feel... I come immediately. Really? I feel like I would not like it. Like I feel like it'd be an ick or cringe for me. Oh, damn. Really? Maybe it's because I haven't... I don't. There's something that I never understood about it. I would rather just like take a strap on and fuck them. Okay. So I was watching a okay. podcast clip from pillow talk and Angela white, the porn star was talking about how to make her come. And she said, you have to use your palm like against her clit. Oh, I love like, that all move. the way. And that's kind of how I view scissoring. Like, it's just like, there's it so is. much, it's like dry hump area a pillow and, and, or something. Oh, sounds amazing. That's why I think I would come so hard. Yeah. That's true. Fast. I've definitely had somebody, they finger you and they use the palm. Yes. And I'm oh, like, like, whoa. like the fingers are in and then the palm is the hitting palm them. The palm is oh. hitting it. Game and I'm going to outer the, space if that happens. Yeah, that's a great move. Yeah. Yeah. Hitting both. I just, yeah. 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 Okay. What's so the we're sexual- all horny. <laughs> yes. Everyone's very horny. Yeah. But I think it's so funny because people like assume because of our podcast, our content, how sexual we are online, they think that we're like slutty. And it's, I'm like, every guy that talks to me, they think I can just tell who assumes I'm a slut. Yeah, me too. And I'm like, oh, interesting. You read me that way. You didn't see that I was a marketing genius and made you think I was a slut. So people would pay me. It's all part of the pyramid scheme, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like we were talking about OnlyFans and like I'm on there now too. And it's like half of the shit that I'm doing on there now is like, I'm just going through the motions. Like I'm not invested. Yeah. Like you're actually married to the men who you're talking to on OnlyFans. Correct. Like we're already 10 years in, honey. We have five kids. Just fuck me. I'm putting this shit on autopilot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just a really good actress. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's also like the kind of principle Like I was talking to a friend about like how soon to sleep with a guy that you really like and I've done it on the first date and been ghosted done it on the first date and whatever and I'm like I usually feel like as if like the guys I really like are the ones that I try to hold out with if I fuck you too soon oftentimes it's because I already know there's no future so it's that same principle of like going through the motion I don't know like it all for me yeah. makes sense have you ever friend zoned somebody that you liked yeah why <laughs> 
I just realized I didn't actually like them. That happens I real- a lot. I realized I did the, I had sex for a reason that was entirely for me and it meant more for them. And then I was like, it's actually not really there. So I think I need to cool this off. Ooh. But for the most part for me, I, if I want to, if I'm interested in somebody like that, I know immediately I'm not often convinced. I either meet him and I'm like, I would. Yeah. Or I wouldn't. And it often doesn't change after that. Mm. The only time it changes is if I like start to get to know you and I'm like a sucker for like seeing people's potential. So like (laughs) if you give me like any hint that there's potential or you're talking about like your family and I hear like you get vulnerable then I'm like, wow, I'm invested. He's like, like I, I need to save him today. And you're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> that did it. For I me. did my own laundry. I'm like, you have a house plant. Oh my God. Mary I called me. my mom and I had a really healthy convo with her. Oh, stop. See, here's <laughs> the thing. I don't want to fuck anybody that has a mom. Yeah. I only want orphans from now on. Why? Because honestly, I don't bring a mom into the situation. So you better not. Yeah. I have to be the number one girl in your life. I feel like I've dated too many guys who have like I love that energy emotional incest <laughs> with their mom. They want to <laughs> fuck their moms. Okay, people talk about girls and daddy issues, men no. and mommy issues. Oh my god, way worse, way worse. Couple guys back that I saw. Oh, mommy issues. Whoa, attachment, guilt over sex, and what his mom thought about him having sex. I'm like, you're 32. You've been engaged. Why does your mom think about you having, having sex? sex right? Why does it fucking matter? What? What's happening here? You can't even be openly se- not sexual in front of your mom, but like own that you're like a living, breathing, straight male at 32. Who's been- like, I have had guys with mommy way worse than any shit they'll talk about girls with daddy issues. Way worse. Can yeah. we just talk about boy moms? Because I feel like that's a whole fucking pandemic yeah. on TikTok. Boy moms who are like, I never want my my little boy, my little son. He's the only man who's ever going to love me. I'm like, you're weird. Weird. You're, weird. you're weird. using your son to fulfill something that a man couldn't do for you or you couldn't do for yourself. Maybe you should go to therapy. I, had, I dated a guy whose mom would massage his feet and calves and like thighs after a football game. Very weird. Up until what age? Uh, well, like, any age is weird, but I'm just, any age is weird. I think in even in his twenties, early twenties, early twenties, late teens, early twenties, early twenties is where it gets weird. Yeah, like weird, weird. Yeah. yeah, I his mom would get mad that we spent too much time together. She'd be like, "You don't hang out with me enough." Okay, so this goes back to what we talked about at the top about like wanting to be a mom, but knowing that you're not ready for it. Like, I feel like those are moms. Moms that do that kind of shit are moms that have something unsolved. Mm-hmm. And repressed. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go into being a mom with any kind of resentment or whatever. Like that is a mom that became a mom and hadn't worked shit out yet. Yeah. I feel. I feel like our generation's kids are all going to be so much better because our generation's like, fuck, we got to work on shit. Yeah. And then I'm looking at like the babies that are coming out now and the communication ki- skills that these three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds have that men in their thirties, forties and fifties don't have, will never learn in their life. That honestly, like, I still struggle with. Yeah. Like, how did, how are these children better than me? Cause they were just taught right from the bats all they yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Also children have this freedom to be really vulnerable and honest in a way that it's like, like when you're an actor, they're like connect to your inner child. When you're a comedian, they're like connect to your inner child. And I think there's a reason. Cause like you're just you. 
Mm-hmm. You're not overthinking shit. It's and like, you can be thing. vulnerable. Like, yeah. So we can learn. Communication is hard. For the longest time, I talked a big game about how men are emotionally unavailable and don't communicate well. And then like last couple guys that I was dating, I was like, yeah, Brittany, you can work on your communication. <laughs> A little bit. Like you're not super communicating everything and like you're not as direct as you think you are. Like it's humbling, but I think it's a part of the experience for anyone healing. When you start healing, you notice everything in other people. Typically, most people don't Mm -hmm. initially look inward. They just start recognizing it from other people. And then you you hold anger because now you're starting to heal and you're like, fuck this. And you see everybody. You see the bullshit for what it is. For what it is. Yeah. And then after a while, you go through a couple of things because you're like, I'm healing and I'm healed and I can do this. And then something happens and you reread the text messages like five months later and you're like, whoa, I handled that so So poorly. (laughs) I handled that terribly. You're a psycho. Wow. Wow. Or then you start walking it through with your friends and they're like, why were you assuming? Why did you just do that? Obviously that hurt him. He had no idea you felt that way. And I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. Like, so you have friends that call you out on your bullshit. I only keep people around me and close to me that call me out. I love that shit. Call me out. It's like, super important. It's so important. Call me out. Make me a better person or else there's no point in having a relationship unless the people around you are going to like level you up. Okay. Do being. you feel that same way about men calling you out specifically ones you're dating or talking to, or do you get more defensive? Cause it's like a man and you're like, why are you telling me what to do? Mm-hmm. If I'm getting defensive over him calling me out, then there isn't a real connection and the power dynamic is off. If I truly feel secure and good with him, he can call me, he can call me the fuck out and be like, you're being a brat right now. Stop it. Mm. And you'll like be like, and I'll receive it because I know it's coming from a trusted source. Yeah. And a safe place and a safe place like emotionally. And that comes to like guys who are listening from you practicing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like you actually have to provide that energy and that space. And it takes practice. Like you're not going to be perfect at it. Maybe you can provide a safe space in a certain aspect of somebody's life or context or something. You may be really bad at communicating your emotions, but everywhere else you can be super safe. That will allow you to start being you feeling safe to communicate your emotions. Yeah. And you have to find somebody that like you trust doing that. Uh, You only trust people doing that. If you see them constantly making the right choices. That's what I mean. When they're tested. I think that's why we get like upset whenever friends give us unsolicited advice. I think if you're getting defensive or you don't want to receive it or you don't trust it or you don't believe it or buy it, like it's because it's coming from a source that you don't feel comfortable or trusting with. And then I think like, it's like, if you're, I'm okay with it. I know when it's criticism and it's petty and it's hurtful. And I know when it's like, Hey, this is tough love, but I really have your best interests at heart, whether that's a romantic partner or a friend. And if I think you have my best interests at heart, you could rip me to shreds all day. I want it. The worst part though, specifically being friends with women is that like, they know how to manipulate you to become that trusted person so that when they start to try to take you down, cause this happens, like girls will become your friend cause they want to be you or they want your life or they want something that you have or Had it happen energy. a lot of times. Yeah. And so yeah. they build you up. Like they're like, I'm your girl, blah, 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 whatever. You're amazing. And then now that that relationship's there, 
they start making little comments that seem so little and you're like, but they're such a good friend and they do all this stuff and you don't even realize slowly over time they're, they're breaking you down, you down mm. until it's too late and you're in it. There's yeah. a, they're good. They have a good way of painting themselves as the good person. I'm just giving you advice. I've helped you in this. It's just advice. I just want to make you better. Right. Or lies. Or to your point, the fangirl, the girl who fangirls over another girl mm-hmm. and Never wants safe. to really be friends with her. And and is idolizing her, wants to be her, wants pedestal, to pedestal con. And for me, girl, guy, whatever it is, anytime anybody is too over the top, too nice, too sweet, too doting, I always get a little suspicious. It's probably like my Italian Jersey mom. I was say it's your New York in here. It's, that's I'm all a little bit like Boston. Mm-hmm. Like, calm down. Calm down. Take it down a fucking yeah. notch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, you can like give somebody props, but like, don't show it through words, show it through actions. I don't need you to blow smoke up my ass kind of mm-hmm. thing. But like every single time, and I've had girls in the comedy scene down here in Miami do that, like, I want to be you. I look up to you. Oh my God. Can you help me? Can you this? Can you that? And it always felt off to me. Yeah. And then it's like, as it went on and I didn't reciprocate that same level of like doting or friendship, then all of a sudden I was the bitch or I actually wasn't that funny or I started getting the passive aggressive compliments uh, or like, oh, you got that because you're the new girl or you got that because you're whatever or like, oh yeah. Have you noticed that more in Miami or in New York? Miami, a hundred percent. New York is too big and too business for anybody to be bothered with that bullshit. It's too big. Okay. Like, and it's so easy to forget somebody in New York. Like if somebody fucks you over in New York in the comedy scene, it's just like, all right, whatever, keep it moving. Yeah. Bye. You, you host or do one show. There's a billion other shows I can go to and never see you again. That's it. Bye. In Miami, it's a little bit too small. And unfortunately, we don't have anything to work towards down here. Like people have success and people have obviously done well or come out of here, but we're not in New York where we have these things to work towards. So it allows for bullshit and excuses and pettiness and drama and jealousy to fester in a so whole much new jealousy. way. So much jealousy. What is your, okay. So what's your advice? Cause I see it from both sides. When I was first starting in comedy, like I'm super social. So I started talking to everybody, like getting to know them. Like, I'm like, Oh, what, like let's go to a show together. Cause I didn't want to go by myself. I was trying to like create friendships in that group. Cause I was in an area with like no friends. Um, and I was like, this is what I enjoy doing. I would rather have friends who are doing what I'm doing. We can carpool, do whatever. Um, and I think that any time anyone new starts comedy, everyone in the scene is always skeptical of them. They're like, who's going to last a hundred percent. And yeah. so like there, it, it, there's this like disconnect between like experienced comedians and new ones like because you don't want to help and invest in somebody who is either using you to get ahead or is just going to quit anyways Mm -hmm. so I get that as being somebody in it but also like what do you what's the advice to new comedians who do want to get to know people and how do they break that barrier in a healthy not using fangirl way I think you get to know people and you earn your keep by just being undeniably funny. And once people start seeing focus on the funny, the only thing that matters is being funny That's at that true. point. Stand up is so hard and so cutthroat and it requires this level of like self-awareness and writing and hustle and commitment. I felt the same way like when I first started in New York and I did improv and sketch, but I had never done stand up. And when I first came to stand up, I was like, "Damn, people are fucking mean no one wants to like talk to me is no one wants to talk to me your jokes and that's hard to know they don't want to give you that satisfaction even even if i like even if i objectively did well on a show i'd get off and all these other new york comics that were like doing it longer than me would kind of be like 
I got, I used to hear like, like experienced right. comedians be like, you're not that good at comedy yet. Like, oh, that was good. Like you just made the whole fucking comedy club laugh. You're not that good. You'll get better with experience. It takes like getting up there. And I'm like, you're undermining me. Like you're mad that we're in the same place or whatever's 100%, happening. A hundred percent. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like the opinions of other comedians don't matter. What matters are the non-comedians. As long as the audience enjoys what you're doing, that's all the fucking cares. It's also yeah. one of our friends recently pointed out, like, if you want to be a comedian, you want all of these people to be your peers don't treat them like a fan because then you just become a fan to them. I say that all the time. Treat them like your your friend who you're going to fuck around with, who you'll talk shit with and just get to know that, like you said, get to know them as a person, not as a like person. someone you're obsessed with. I did. I think that's why I was able to create a relationship with jo- Joey mm-hmm. Diaz. Yeah. Because he like shared a tweet of mine and like DM me because it was sexual and he was like, hey, I just wanted you to know that wasn't creepy. I looked at your video thought you were funny and thought you deserved a shout out. And I figured my audience would like this. He was like, your ass must taste like a milkshake or something crazy and dirty. Classic Joey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, Oh no worries. Thanks so much. Like very like chill and casual. And he's like, Oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I do marketing. I wasn't like, wow, I love your stuff. Oh my God. You're so amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. You, the moment you put them on that pedestal instead of like you as an equal in their space, earning your place. They wonder if you think you're worthy of being there. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, even now, like getting to open for people is super exciting and it's a great opportunity, but it's like, you got to be careful. Like I see people like fangirl on social media about this and I'm like, Hey man, like you're still their peer. Like, like if you worked at a company and you were the coordinator and somebody was the EVP, like they wouldn't respond well to you being like, Oh my God, you're like, like, it's just like, Hey, I'm here and I'm an employee and this is my role. And you're here and you're an employee and this is your role. And yeah, you've been doing it longer than me, but also I'm bringing this to the table and that's it. But it's like, I feel like the way I combated, I had a lot of anxiety with that in New York. Nobody fucked with me in New York, like starting off. Like, I feel like they didn't get what I was doing. They didn't get why I, it worked for me so quickly why I, that's literally exactly what happened to me. Literally. Like I I got New York comedy festival. I got these TV credits. Like it was like working for me in a really quick way that it wasn't for people that were doing it longer than me in like 10 years. And I felt the the vibe at open mics. I I saw the looks, I heard the bullshit. I heard all of it and it hurt. And then finally I was just like, I'm just gonna, I think at some point, the only thing that you don't have to kiss ass. You don't have to pretend you want to have an informational coffee meeting and don't, you don't have to pretend to even, you don't even have to like a headliner just cause they're a headliner. Like you could be like, I don't think that person's funny. Yeah, like, it's I respect, not my style. It's not my style. I respect you've been doing it for 20 years. I respect what you've done. I don't think you're funny and that's okay. It's not my style. I think the one and only thing that cuts through and when you will earn the respect of other comics is like, you just start being undeniable. Like, yeah, you, they just see you around. You're always funny. You're not about the bullshit. Like you show up, you're nice. You do your set, you're out like whatever. And then that, like your actions speak you build louder it over time. You build it over time. It's and like it's building like, trust in a relationship literally. Or it's like even like male comics, like every single major male comic that I have a relationship with for sure has made a pass at some point. I'm sure you've had that <laughs> yep. too. You know how you buy every booker that? has bought my only fans and they're like, Oh, by the way, you want to do this show? 
I just watched you come. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to be on your show because this is a great opportunity. But why'd you fucking why'd you have to bring in the fact that like just jerk off to me and don't tell me? Yeah, right. Like, Like, can it exist that I'm talented and I'm funny and I'm also attractive? And can't you fucking like separate separate those two things and just be like, hey, you're funny and I'm booking you because of that. And engage in that on the other side if you want to, but keep it completely separate. I don't know. Like, it's like, no, every male comic has made a pass, even male comics that have helped me in my career. And the way that I bypass it is a, I just haven't done it. I've said no. And then B at some point you just become undeniably consistently funny that they learn that they're like, Oh, I can't fuck with her. You're a peer now. You're a peer now. You're a player in the game. Yeah. You know what I, we were talking about this, like, cause I, I love funny guys. Mm -hmm. I think public speaking has been a turn on since high school. Like when people would give presentations, like the good presenter. I'm on the other side of it now. I feel like I even want to think of trying stand up. I'm like, get the fuck away from me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, I'm sure I'll feel that way someday. But like someone getting up on stage and being able to control the room is like so sexy. It gives off like powerful energy to me and then you can make me laugh and actually be funny like I don't hate your like comedy so like I want to fuck comedians this happened a lot in Boston and I just didn't because everyone's assuming you're already fucking the comedian oh yeah and you literally won't get opportunities because of it or people won't like you or they'll undermine your success I think the hardest part about being in comedy especially as a woman is that earning your place and earning the, your place and the imposter syndrome because when you have so many people who are telling you you're successful or you're funny but try to fuck you at the same time it fucks with your head and you're like am I funny should I be doing this do I deserve this or is it literally just because somebody wants this pussy hundred percent and it's, it's, it never leaves us. And for some reason, men can be attractive and funny, but women can't once we're both, it has to be, she's getting it cause she's attractive, mm-hmm. not because she's funny, but it's like, isn't that partially what makes her so attractive is that mm-hmm. she's funny She has a charisma, and right? good at what she does. And again, I think it's like at some point when you're just consistent and you keep being funny and you keep working hard, like you're going to be so like, it's a year for all of us. Like mm-hmm. you're just going to end up being so undeniable that it's like, and she's also hot, but more than anything, like we have to have her on this show. She's a killer. Yeah. And that just ends up eclipsing like yes. the other part, but it's hard. But you could also get the other side of that where they're like, okay, you rejected me for sex and they just like shut you out of everything or like bad mouth oh, you. So many of the manager and agent conversations I've had in the last year and a half. Yeah. Where I'm like, I know you're attracted to me, but I also know you just saw me body a room for 10 minutes. Yeah. And I I know you want to work with me, but your dick is speaking louder than your head right now. And now I have to do this fucking weird, awkward song and dance for six months where I'm like, you want to work with me? You want to fuck me? Or you want to fuck me? Or you want to work with me? And and which one, when I respond to your email, which one am I responding to? Yeah. Your dick or your brain. Your dick or your brain. Mm -hmm. Which one am I responding to? I know. Because I just want money. Can we? (laughs) Right. But I think also too, like I've, I've experienced a lot where guys that we've worked with or shows, they support you until you do better than them. And the moment you're doing a little bit better than them, their ego comes out and they have to like humble you. And, and, and check you and check you because they can't stand that you like get opportunities over them. That is just like the worst feeling to just be around people. I don't even know if they're aware that they do that, but it happens to me all the time. I was just on a show a couple of weeks ago here in Miami where a bunch of LA comics were in a green room and they walked in and they all like ignored me and dismissed me. And like, I was like, I don't really give a shit. Like I was the headliner that night. <laughs> like I was like, you motherfuckers are opening 
for, for me. me. Oh, like, shit. Like, your guest spots. I don't even know. Like, had I had more control on the show, I wouldn't even fucking had your dumb asses on the show. And I'm like, whatever. And, like, I try to engage and I try to be polite and they're clearly, like, dismissing me and whatever. I go up. I have a great 15, 20 minutes set. Close the show. Get off stage. Go back in the green room. And now all of them are like, hey, oh, what's up? Oh, hey. <sighs> Because they realize you're somebody. They look like they're like combusting. Yeah. yeah. Or you always know when you did well, when all of a sudden the male comics are like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to, to admit they, it yeah, to they, themselves. Yeah, solid. That was, a, that was good. Good set. Good. Good shit. You, uh, you did your thing or whatever. Oh. And that's such a dead giveaway. That they're jealous. You thought when I got up there that it was going to be stupid and demure and not funny and bad. And then it was the exact opposite of that. And you are, your dick is shriveling mm-hmm. trying to process it. Yeah. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. It is very obvious. Men say they want powerful women, but then can't handle it. Yeah. The society says they want sexual women. But they, they just can't want handle it. to do everything. And... I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. You only want sexual women if it's sexual on your terms and you get to make money off of it. And it's right in the confines of what you're comfortable with. But then you, you have women on OnlyFans every day. or you have women doing stand up talking about their sexual experiences and talking and owning their sexuality on their own terms. And all of a sudden I'm a whore and I'm a slut. And oh my God, I'm obviously a female comic who talks about sex. So I'm nothing. I'm bait. But the second our sexuality and our money's on our own terms, it's yeah. not Okay. Mm. Yep. You could be sexual if you do what I tell you to do, but had, you can't be sexual if you're up there talking about being sexual. Not yeah. So many comics were like undermining me because I did OnlyFans. And then like a year or year and a half later, two, oh my God, it's, it's almost like two years later. Um, like we have a cool studio. How do you think I got the studio? OnlyFans, showing my butthole got me the studio. But how it, do you think I afford to travel so much now for comedy over the last few months? Only fans. Really? Exactly. Yeah. And that oh, furthers shit. your career. Yeah. And then you get to start a business and you get to put all your OnlyFans money, pay the bit that pays the business, and everything is a business expense. And then you don't pay taxes and you fucking have also, a killer life. It is an asset. It is like my humor is an asset, my personality is an asset, my ability to write is an asset, so is my sexuality. And like I have taken something that people are responding to that there is a demand for, and I have learned how to monetize it. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like it is, it is another channel of revenue. I look at my, there's my standup. There's what I do on social media. There's what I do with radio. And then there's men that like looking at me in lingerie or half naked or sexting them or whatever. And they're like, I can listen. She can make me laugh and I get to see her boobs. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I monetize this thing? That's clearly there is a demand for There's Mm -hmm. men who want to see me in this way and talk to me in this way. I'm now making money off of it. Jokes on you for not like it's, it's so I'll never like, I wanted to start one. April of last year. And I just didn't know how. I think I even DM'd you. Yeah. It's and been I was a like, crazy I don't know year. How? Yeah. I was like, I just want to, but I don't even know. Like, it's scary. It's scary. What do I do? And then like, I got a comedy special with them at the end of last year. And I had to start the account in order to like do the special. And that was it. And then I just was like, this is fucking empowering. I feel hot as fuck. I'm making money. I'm having fun. Fuck yeah. I think too, when you're stressed with money, a lot of people viewed comedy or view comedy as their escape. Yes. But then once you're in it, it's like stops being an escape and it becomes your job. And when you're struggling for money while doing something that you also have to be creative, there's like a block energetically 100%. for you to allow you're 
thinking about what jokes you have to write. And then you're like, I, am I going to eat today? Like literally, it's a- oh, my car just got declined. And now I have to go be funny for 30 minutes. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, and now at least with OnlyFans, I'm like, I got some money in that OnlyFans. We're going to be good. Like I can like let this ride and breathe. like, you can yeah. breathe. OnlyFans yeah. allowed me to fully put like, I don't know, just like invest in myself because my time wasn't taken elsewhere and trying to make money at a restaurant job or something fucking surviving. And so (laughs) PM, but I'm on air for five hours. Holy shit. And running my own board. And I was new to it too. So I was like, I, let me just, I think that means you're going to kill it. Cause that's how you get when you're not, um, when you, you're like, you're not a impression. What am I saying? English. Um, trust me. Like when I went into sales, I had no prior sales experience. So I was very moldable and I was able to kind of like find my own way instead of like learning from other people, like something that worked for me. Yeah. And because it was like my way, I was able to do it better. That's you know what I mean? I, I was able right to now. rise the, to the occasion. Like you have to show up. You got just thrown into the pack of wolves. Yeah. And just have to figure it out. And that's how I've learned everything. That's how I've learned stand up. Anything that I'm actually very good at right now, I learned because someone's like, you look like you're competent. Let's push you in the fucking deep end. And I'm like, <gasps> that's okay. the best way to learn. I though. love being under pressure. I do too. Yeah. Isn't that how diamonds are formed? I, that's how I got started on comedy. Yeah, me too. I went to an open mic because my friend was there and I was like supporting and I was like, I kind of want to try this, but I was in sales and I didn't even know. And me and my girlfriend were in the audience and, uh, the guy, it was all guys. And they were like, why are you here? Like, why are these two girls at this open mic? And I was just seeing how people write jokes. Like I was studying, basically. Yeah, just like observing. And yeah. my friend goes, she wants to try stand-up. And I was like, oh, no. And they're like, you want to do stand-up? Get up right now. And I was like, I can't do that. I have never, like, wrote a joke before in my life. Like, I'm just here. I'm really new to the idea of wanting to try it. And I had known nothing about stand-up because my traumatic life, I didn't even have time to watch TV. Yeah. Um, and everyone was like, get on stage, get on stage. And I was yeah. like, fuck it. And so I went on stage for like five minutes. I told a bunch of stories, but I was like a bad Tinder date. Yeah. I got some laughs or whatever. And everyone's like, come back next week. And so that's when I wrote my first five minutes and yeah. came in. That's it. And that's how it started. I needed to be thrown into it because you. I would have probably never, I would have been like, oh, I'm scared. Or what if I'm not funny? I got thrown into stand up for the exact same reason. Like I was in that relationship. And when I would tell the stories of the shit that was going down, my friends were like, this is so like hysterical but sad but dark but like funny but funny you're finding light in it it literally and they were like well you have to talk about this like and where else would you do it but stand up and I was like I would never do stand up I'm an improv girl I'm like whatever and then like literally like hungover out of my mind my ex was like in like the depths of like that relationship. I like closed the work I was doing for the day, got on the subway, went down to an open mic and just like half drunk, like got a drink at the bar, signed up and was like, I'm just going to fucking. Did you have any jokes? No, I hadn't written anything. You just went up. I just went up and I talked about stuff that was real and funny to me. Fuck yeah. And it was the same thing. It like got laughs, didn't obviously kill. But yeah. It was like a couple laughs. But people that were paying were attention. They be- were like. Yeah. What's she saying? She's doing something different. She's actually, and I was like, I just got up and sat like chill like this. And I was like, all right guys, let's fucking do it. Because it was one yeah. of those, you have to say, fuck it. Yeah. That's the best time to get on stage. Yeah. And I even said, I was like, I did this. Cause like, well, like and I was like dark and real without even trying to be, I was like, well, I came to this open mic and I'm drunk at 3 PM on a Tuesday. Cause like kind of hate my life. My ex, well, he'll be back by tonight and then he'll hit me again or something. Okay. Anyways, bye. Like, or whatever, like, like, and, and like, 
that because that like what was real to me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, this is the medium to make sense of these like really tough things that happen to us. It's beautiful. I, that's, mm-hmm. So I have all my jokes that I wrote and I'm also part of me that like has been struggling to get up is because I don't identify with those anymore. And I like have learned so much <laughs> about comedy, even when I'm not doing comedies from like observing there, I'm like, I know what I'm capable of. That's not it. That was old me. So I have to like really focus. Um, I just lost my train of thought cause I was high. What were we talking about? No, about like not being able to talk about the things that got you into it in the beginning. I have such yeah. a story like pain. Like my dad went to prison, like mm-hmm. my, so did my sister, they both overdosed, like, like all this crazy shit bullying. And I want to be able to like help people, but through a funny medium. And I'm like, that's, that takes a lot of skill to be able to translate that pain into something funny that people can also relate to. And they don't say, Oh, like that's the worst when you tell a joke and they're they're like, I've had that where I'm like, I, I dated an abusive maniac and I started stand up after and blah, blah, blah. I sent him to jail and I've had mostly it's claps, but every now and again, it's like, Oh, oh, and honey. I'm like, and then that's when I wrote the punch. So I'm like, no, bitch, he's dead now. Like, or something. Is like, he? No, but like, I'm oh. like, yeah, I'm like, no, I won or like, whatever. Like, and I'm like, I'm just kidding. But like, he has high cholesterol. He's dead to me. He's dead to me. He should be careful. He has diabetes. Like, oh you know, like, but it's like, and also I think like not everything that you go through that's dark needs to necessarily be talked about on stage. True. And I also think time is your best asset. Cause I talked about that shit when I first started stand up cause it was so raw and real and I was like ripped open as a human being yeah I didn't even realize how heavy the shit I was talking about was heavy I was like (laughs) funny right my ex is in prison right now (laughs) you're crying on stage crying on stage and I'm like the judge was like 25 to life I was like he's so committed ah like you know like that's good thank you but I was like ah like to me it was not even funny it was just real and now I struggle talking about that stuff because I'm Five years out. That's interesting. So tapping back in, it's still so a part of me. It will never not be. But tapping back in to make it feel real on stage is hard because I'm five years out is of it. Is it triggering more so doing it now? Like those jokes? Than no, I love, then? I always feel cathartic and empowered on stage when I do it. What's more triggering is dating now. Like it's, it's just but underlying. Isn't it crazy how much heartbreak does so much for entertainment, the entertainment world, like whether it's comedy or music, like people being ripped to shreds and feeling hell is what creates like magic. So sometimes I'm like, I literally was like, do I just start like dating and fucking around and not caring if they're toxic? Like I kind of need that to like (laughs) find motivation. Am I not going to be funny? (laughs) No. So that's what happened. Yeah. I stopped being as funny when I started healing because my responses to situations were no longer jokes because I wasn't lying to myself. Mm. So I, like I lost a little bit of that like quickness because I was masking my pain with being funny. And then now that I was like healing, I was like, I can't, access that anymore because my response isn't that. And then I'm also not relating. I'm in a different period of my life. So I'm no longer relating to the Jamie that was like hurt and funny. And so I have to like find a new, I'm like finding my voice again as I've changed. Absolutely. Yes. And that's Which so is the hard. whole process of being, I think any kind of artist, like it's like, I, I totally, I get it. And it's, I think comics grapple with that a lot because they're like, Oh, you have to be in deep, deep pain in order to be funny. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think but it is a process of learning how to switch it, how to switch it and find funny and highs and lows and yes. all of the in-betweens. Yep. I just think, you can start by finding funny in pain because pain is so 
obvious and undeniable that it wakes us into consciousness. Yes. And it makes you pay attention in a way you weren't before. Mm. And channeling that pain, mm. like channeling that into a good source is yeah. so healing. It really is. It's cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, wow, I just did that. And you processed it. That's better than a therapy appointment. But now you have the muscle to be mm-hmm. able to do that. So now you can do that with like you get annoyed at a coffee shop and it's nowhere near the shit you've been through, but you can tap into that like realness, truthness, aliveness, and like write something out of that. I've been having to like force myself into that. I'm like, okay, what would old Jamie say when she was pissed and would rant on her Instagram stories and everyone would listen? Cause 'Cause that's probably real Jamie. That's Jamie unfiltered. Yeah. 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 But I always felt like everyone thought I was a hot mess. So I was creating a new version of me that's like healed and good. And I'm like, I don't want to be perceived as that. But that was also what made me so fucking relatable. Yeah. Like, so it's been. Oh, me too. People are are always like, you're so angry. You're a bitch. You're this, you're that, you're whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but that's when I'm my best, man. Cause I'm like fired up and I give a shit and it's so lucid and and passionate real to me. Like Mm. if I'm not. If, if it's not bringing that out of me, I don't care, which is also something I'm trying to fix, like in relationships. Like, it's like, he's boring. And it's like, no, he's just healthy. He's like, healthy. I hate that. Yeah, that's with friendships, too. If it's not crazy, I'm like, they don't like me. Yeah. But that's not good. No. No. no content- it's so hard to get yourself out of content- that. But contentment can feel off-putting. Especially when you've been through abuse. Yeah. Because your normal is not content. It's everything. Bop, 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 roller coaster. I need yeah. love it. a healthy relationship with the bad boy. Like, I need somebody who's like, let's just fucking go somewhere. Like, I need some sort of dope. I, I know I, I need am. an edge. For I need sure. edge. I need something. Especially because, like, when I am a mom, like, I'm not going to be smoking all the time as much as I am and doing shrooms as much as I am. And I'm going to need some other escapes i guess i 100%. guess comedy is that but also you if i put all my eggs in one basket then i'll drive myself insane i think mm. there's a healthy edge i like uh, a good boy who knows how to be bad mm-hmm. i think that's what it is like his values are good he shows up and he's good but then he turns something he knows on how to take a risk every now and again he can he can be crazy he can be crazy yeah but not like put us in jail or like you harm know, me hurt me or like a 10-year lie i didn't know about bad boy no. like i don't want to do that oh that's yeah, it's oh. so hard. All right, do we do the last uh, couple of smoky baloki? You started in, you had your background in communications in college. You were in drama club in high school. What was the, like the aha moment that pushed you into comedy? And the, have you gotten high before tonight? Yeah, well, she smoked with us. Yeah. Before tonight? Oh. No, tonight was my first time getting high. Are really? you serious? No, it wasn't my first time oh. getting high. No. <laughs> I was like, damn. No, I'm just not a good weed hang. Like, I'm not a good weed smoker. I feel like I get, I get like. You get weird. You have to be I with good weird. vibes. You have to be with people who don't. You guys are great vibes, but yeah. I just get weird. <laughs> I get only quiet? get weird around weird people. I'm really? Like, yeah, because if I'm with like Emily and we're high, that's when I'm the fu- like we're so funny because we just don't give a fuck, and then we do the weirdest shit high. Like I feel like we're funnier off camera sometimes. Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. The, look, the camera comes on, and I'm like, why is my brain not working? It's yeah, like the everybody has that. That's the cameras are such an adjustment. We just it's did stressful. our last podcast that came out on Tuesday um, with no camera, and it was just audio. And we were killing it. It was nice. Yeah. We could look at each other. That. Yeah. I was listening to it and I could feel the energy and I was like, how do I being a woman? Like you're like, 
beauty standards. How I know, do I I'm look? Like, am I okay? My tits, yes, my am hair, I my sitting up straight. Because yes. sometimes I'm like my, this, belly, and I'm like this, uh, and I'm like looking uh, at someone because I'm high on the podcast, yeah. and it's me for ten <laughs> minutes, literally going. <laughs> sometimes I've dissociated in the fucking yes. editor. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Both Hi, Dave. <laughs> David, or the former one. Uh, like I was just shown pictures of me, just someone's talking, and you just see me go. <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> Bro, I'd be so bad on reality TV because I'm, I'm so candid. Like, yeah, I yes. would. People would just, I'd be the meme. Yeah. The facial expression. Anytime there's candid photos of me, they're not cute. There's always me like no. overthinking something. But I oh think my that God, is yeah. what makes it cute. We just hate it about ourselves. But when I see other people do that, I'm like, wow, look how pretty they are when they're making an ugly face. Like, yeah. no one's thinking you actually look ugly. No, no you see the beauty in others. Yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, that's authentic. Yeah, but no, no, tonight was not my first night getting high. I just get, I'm a weird, I'm a weird weed high. Okay, what's the craziest thing that's happened to you while you've been high? I did dabs. I dabbed <laughs> you one time without knowing what it was that I was doing. <gasps> no. That's, that's, how it, that's how they get you. They're that's like, how I got it. it. And it was like kind of traumatizing, to be honest. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> At a house party in Orlando with two of my girlfriends. Oh, God, Orlando. Oh, God, Orlando. A house party. Was it a sex party? No, the truth. just a house party. I would have had a better time if it was a sex party. Are you fucking kidding me? And we just like went. We were doing like a weekend together in college. We all were away, but then we came together this weekend, and there were three of us, three guys, and they were like, we have regular weed, then we like have kush. Then you have this thing that you need to smoke with a blowtorch. You're going to try like, that. me up. hundred uh, percent. Like out of the three of us, of course, I'm the one that was like, hey, I'll take the science fair experiment. <laughs> I'll take the heroin pipe, please. Thank you. Bring it right over here. I was like, we're going to be fine. Right. And they're like, yeah. I was like, light me up, daddy. And like had no idea. And I was oh, smoking God. way more weed back then. Like I was high pretty consistently. Oh. It was college. I was okay. smoking all the time. I was Fuck like, whatever. Yeah. So I was like, this can't be that bad. Like take a couple hits, and it's game over. You wake up in Narnia. Over. I don't know if I was high for three minutes or thirteen years. Like <laughs> I don't know. That's how it feels. That happened to me with a gravity bong. Oh, I had, I had to leave the party I was at and throw up. I was trying to make myself throw up all night to hope to get the high over. Does that help with? No, no. It didn't, a I barely threw up, and B like it just gave me a headache, and it wasn't <laughs> making me. It was You're so. Like, and it's I, going right to your. It's forehead. going right to my head, and I was like, "Get the weed out!" Yeah. <laughs> ah! was like, and it was just, I was so high and happy for like I said, two minutes or. 20 hours. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I was, I remembered being like so elated beyond human comprehension. And then like all of a sudden laying in the bed with my best friends and me being like, I don't know where my legs are. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, what? And I was like, what's happening? I've never been this high. Like, I feel like I'm dying. And like, cause I, nobody told me what I was like fucking doing that night. <laughs> and the only thing that sobered me up is the next day we went to universal studios and I rode a bunch of roller coasters. <laughs> And every time I rode a roller coaster, it sobered me up. Yeah. Cause oh, it's like, fuck an yeah. like brought me back into, so I'd be like, I'm going like to go do that again or something. Mm-hmm. Literally like an, I was like an upper. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and, and then that night we were, I finally felt better and we were eating and chilling and I like Googled, what the fuck did I do? So I Googled like weed, blowtorch, THC. I don't even know. Then it was like a, a fucking wrap up article or something. Hip hop live article. That's like kid does dabs and thinks that he's an orange peels <laughs> off his own skin. And I was like, oh, that's what I did. Like 
losing my shit. Like I was like, holy shit. Sometimes when you're too high, you trip. Like you're tripping. Oh fuck yeah. yeah. You're you're not. This kid thought he was an orange, and he's like, I'm gonna go peel my own skin off because he like legit. I didn't do that. I I feel like I was close. There's there's underlying issues. Yeah. For me, I just like call my exes. (laughs) Yeah, that's the worst thing I do. I just cry. Yeah, that's yeah. Or I spiral. That's I just start mental spiraling. I get social anxiety too when I get too drunk or too high and I'm around, even if I'm around people that I'm comfortable with, like I'll leave and I'll be like, I was what so did weird. I say? What did yes. I do? I was so weird. Oh my yeah. God. Like I was too much. I was too loud. So it's like sometimes not even worth it for me. This of all of our guests. Okay. It's a longstanding question. We have arguments about this monthly. We disagree. We need to know. Do you say dick or cock during sex? Do you need to get in like the position to like remember? Yeah, I'm like put your legs up in the air. <laughs> I love your blank. Oh, your blank is so big, baby. I love this babies. big. So, um, yeah, put this big in me. I probably say cock. You're a cocker. I'm a cock girl. I can tell. I think it's dick when it's more casual or flirtatious. Like if I'm seeing a guy and I just like his dick, I'll be like, you have a great dick. Yes. But when I'm in the heat of the moment, I'm probably like, put your cock in me. No, I'm a cock girl. I say cock. I You're love cock that. Girl. If I'm turned on, I'm saying cock. Cause I want to be filthy. It's filthy. It's gross. It okay. is. Yes. It's filthy. It's, it's fun. I love that. Yeah. You like that. All right. All right. Last question. Yeah. If you had to name your vagina after a movie, what would it be? <laughs> Think, think hard or think so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, this is a toughie. Mine's the movie teeth. Mm. Oh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. Um, kill bill. Now, uh, I like that one. Yeah. Um, he's just not that into you. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) is that sad? I, you know, I like all of those options. These are great ones. Really? You're coming up with good ones fast. Okay. Uh, I still feel like I have it yet. Okay. I'll Um, give you another couple seconds, you know. Miss Congeniality. (laughs) Yes. That's my pussy's name. Miss Congeniality. I love it. That's a good, that's a good That's a good one. Mm -hmm. She cleans up well. She cleans up. She's charming. (laughs) She's award winning. (laughs) She looks good in a sash. You know what? Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah, we do. Do you go full bear or do you like leave a little landing strip? Um, if I'm seeing somebody and like actively getting laid, I go full, full bear. I like full bear. I'm actually more comfortable full bear. Me too. I'm way more comfortable. If they're down there and it's hairy, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm in my head. Or if I like worked out before that, I'm like, wait, I need to check to make sure it's like, okay. And it's fresh. At least you check. Cause we've been, we have conversations. No one checks. I'm a, I'm a checker. I'll show my fingers right in there. Before he goes down there. How's she, how's she? Sweet, mm-hmm. good. Okay. Oh, yeah, same. I do the same thing before yeah. he goes down there. I'm like, wait a minute. And I get in the crevices and then I'm like, we're okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Get down there. It passed clearance. Yeah. I love it. Um, no, I like fully bare. If I'm, if I'm like my celibacy period, I just let it rip let because loose. you gave a shit. Yeah. I, the only reason why I can't do that is because I'm in Miami and we're always invited on yachts and shit. Oh, sure. I, I need to be in bikinis. Like that shaved. Also I'm Italian and I get incredibly, I'm hairy. Yeah. A lot. That's and why laser is good. Like, uh, 
It's uncomfortable for me. It's itchy. So I have to like trim it because I'm like, fuck, it's like a lot. But I mean, I prefer, I don't even do landing strips. Like if I'm like, if I'm going to put out that night, it's probably. I think I look weird with a landing strip. Because I think when you look at my pussy straight on, it's like closed, right? The lips are together. Yeah. But the slit is not like small. Like there's just. It's a larger slit. It's a little bit longer. So when you add a landing strip, it's like. How it, long, it elongates, it elongates your, pussy. your pussy. Interesting. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I feel like bare, then it looks smaller and cute. Also the landing strip to me. And I mean, if it works for you, do it, whatever. But the landing strip to me reminds me of like Joe dirt or it reminds me <laughs> this like a mullet. Here. Yeah. yeah. It feels a intentional in a weird way. I just want to star above my pussy. Yeah. I would, oh, I would you. shaving okay. a, like a I would heart. do a star of David and you know, arrow. depending on like, the type of men I fuck with, you know? Yeah. Do a, like a symbol from their religion to like, it's like an emo in. boy. It's like an upside down satanic. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> star. That's what I would do. You're like, I'll do whatever I need. I know how to read a room. <laughs> She's like, my pussy's a Ouija board. Let's talk to the dead. <laughs> Come in here. She's killed There's two, a couple two men. One man. She killed one man with her pussy. Did Not she? on purpose. No, she's had two men die after fucking her. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, white. One man. We have to get into this. One man and one heroin. So addict. you're a kill bill, is what your pussy should be called. I'm a kill bill. You're, yeah. you're kill a bill. kill bill. I, I think, think my name would be Train to Busan because it's full of dead people. <laughs> and there's going to be one daddy in the end who conquers all the zombies. You should That's fuck so a mortician. Well thought out. <laughs> That's amazing. I just came up with that. Were you <laughs> just saying old guys that like passed away after you fucked them? I no. wish it was that good. And then at least I'd be fucking rich. No, these are just, one of them just died at 23 of a brain aneurysm or maybe Coke. We don't know. And then the other guy turned out to be a heroin addict. Okay. She likes some dark folks. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Mommy and daddy. <laughs> Mommy, yeah. That was, uh, was like, do you miss them? Were you dating them or were, did, was it just like it happened? I dated or? one for two years and one was a fling after getting out of that two year relationship. Oh my God. But that's so much back, <laughs> back to, to back, back pain and grief. Holy shit. She took shit. all of her childhood pain and just gave it to them all they fucked. I, I thought she was going to be like, they were just two guys that were like around or whatever. She's like, one of them was a two year relationship and the other guy is the one that I tried to heal from. <laughs> I should have known better. He was 30 and I was 19. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a little, it's a gap. It's a gap. Yeah. It's a gap. Borderline creepy, but all right. Where can everyone find you, Brittany? Oh, or if, you have any, or if you have any announcements, this should be out on. Next I'm Tuesday. pregnant. No, um, uh, at Brittany brave on Instagram, Brit brave, Twitter, Brittany brave, comedy, TikTok, Brittany brave, Brittany. It's my real last name. Brittany Brave. Brittany Brave. She's a brave girl. I'm a brave girl. She was so brave for starting comedy. So brave for having those abortions. <laughs> yeah. She you were. That. So brave. So brave. It for was such a hard decision. So brave. Yeah. You're doing great, sweetie. Thanks, you too. And she's going to be Thank filming you. the next abortion on her OnlyFans. Yes. Exclusive ah. content. Yes. Is it at Brittany Brave as well on OnlyFans? Uh, it's a Brittany Brave on OnlyFans too. It's free. Ooh. Subscribe. Perfect. Okay, fuck yeah. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on. This is great. This is so fun. fun. It's a good episode. You want to wrap it up? Wait, Brittany, where can we, do you have any shows in Miami? We can find you I perform every night in Miami. Okay. Just follow me on socials and you'll see wherever I am. You post all the time. Yeah. Okay. I've used your stories actually to send my friends who are visiting to comedy shows. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fun. I'm honored. I saw your, like, I would see your story. I'm like, oh, this, this show is here while happening while you're going or whatever. I don't know if they ever went, but I would send it. I I, I was like, she knows where the shows are at. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Please come see me live. Yay. Hopefully I don't bomb. 
Yeah. You won't. You're killing it. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, follow us at Two Girls One Blunt Pod. Leave a five star written review on Apple Podcasts and a five star review on Spotify. Can you actually subscribe to our fucking YouTube channel and watch us? Because I spent a lot of money on the videos and we look really pretty. So <laughs> I mean, so look pretty. at them. Just tell us we're look, pretty. Like you guys are just listening. To Emily's big titty voice, but imagine if you could l- listen. See these tits. I'm looking at them right now. Exactly. They yeah. look like cotton candy clouds. They they're very they really do. So do yours. Yours look great too. I'm so blessed every day. Jamie has her toes out. Not to brag, everybody. Oh, but They look very suckable. <laughs> so, so does Emily. Got got them done. They look she like candy hearts. So you want to subscribe to this video. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah. Which is we should have. If you didn't have to go to a show right now, we would have just collabed and been like, guys, follow us <laughs> right yeah. after this. We're going to hey, do we'll 10 schedule minutes, a day. 10 minutes topless podcast. Well, I don't know if I can be topless. I'll show my ass. But topless is a little underwhelming for me. But that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm honest. I know I'll show my landing strip. That's what I'll oh, do. Oh, OK. She'll oh, shave uh, one just for, uh, for you guys. Him shaving you guys. it too. It already grew We'll back. shave it for her. That's the video. Oh, there we go. There we go. Emily narrates it. Yes. I like that. We're entrepreneurs. Well, stay tuned because this is definitely happening. Something's happening. (laughs) Something. Something. (laughs) We'll see you next Tuesday, you filthy fucking stoners. Bye, motherfuckers.